The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the show you listen to rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and what matters well i'm going to tell you what it matters but we act like it doesn't matter the world series can't see world's going to be playing the match and you know do we really care we should care after all it's supposed to be you know america's sport is supposed to be baseball at one time you know it was hey that was the sport, but uh, what matters is that the Kansas City Royals will be playing the New York Mets, and uh, I'm not sure that's you know everybody always wants to have a, a you know East Coast West Coast kind of thing. You know, some some team out of New York is always good. You know, most people prefer to have the Yankees. Uh, I kind of went back and forth back in the day when you know, when of course Mr. October Reggie was doing his thing, and then of course uh, Dwight Gooden and the guys with the Mets were, were doing their thing. You know, so it was. Uh, it's it's been a while since uh um you know we've had a you know one of those memorable world series i guess since 911 you know that was obviously a, a great world series even though uh the diamondbacks won uh the yankees you know st- stood strong to represent america during those times but uh but yeah that's what matters it's it's, it's the world series folks so let, let's get ready you know we going it's time for us to get ready for the world series uh, so let me just uh let me jump in because I think Chef Julian is is with me, and D'Angelo is going to be joining us a little bit later. But but Chef Julian, if if you're there, I I understand, and and I'm sure you understand that it's that it's the World Series. But do people really care? What, what's happening? You know, I think they should care. I mean, it's going to be a big game. It's we got a lot of big games ahead of us. I mean, with the World Series, of course. Uh, the New York Mets, you know, they have a, an exceptional, an exceptional pitching, you know, rotation, and most people are looking forward to these pitchers and how they're going to fare against these Kansas City hitters. And you know, Kansas City was in the World Series last year. Can they come back and win it this year finally and get them that championship that they've been waiting twenty nine, maybe thirty years for? Wow, that, that that's really interesting. It has been a, a a long time, you know. Gosh, what was it? Was it Brett? Brett? Oh God, I can't think of Brett's last name now. You know, the last time since I think they won the World Series is, uh, uh, but it, it's it's been a long time. Folks have uh, been waiting for you know Kansas City to get a chance to win, like you said, perhaps maybe they had a chance or they could have had a chance last year, didn't get it done. But everybody roots for New York, you know. New York, when New York wins, it's like America wins because New York, is, you know, 
everybody talks about Dallas is, you know, America's team when it comes to football, but uh, it's just something about when a New York team is in the World Series, it just makes for a better World Series because either you love them or you hate them. Uh, obviously, their slogan is, I love New York, so hopefully you love them. But I'll tell you what, what is good to talk about and what everybody is talking about, everybody's interested in, as a matter of fact, the Big Boy Show this morning happened to have, well, one of the Big Boy Shows, uh, this morning happened to have the three commissioners, you know, from Major League Baseball, basketball, and football. And, of course, Roger ended up wrapping it up. So uh, let, let's talk about, I mean, this is this is the time of year where it's, you know, for football, it's almost like, almost like halfway through, uh, well, the regular season because cause the postseason gives us a little bit more time. Uh, basketball is just ready to start, which is a very exciting time of year. And baseball, of course, is... Uh, you know, they got their most important time of the year for them is their World Series. Hockey will be coming along here pretty soon, if not already. So uh, a lot of sports going on. But uh, as always, Chef Julie, I'm wondering what's cooking out there in, in the Hall of Fame city in the state of Ohio. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, our Browns. I'm not going to get rid of them. I'm, I'm not going to you know toss them to the side. I'm going to stay with them. But it's hard to stay a Browns fan. I, man, I'm starting to understand what people used to say to me when I played for the Browns, but we did win some games. But, man, it wasn't a great weekend for, for the Browns. Again, losing. Yeah, um, it's not not easy to talk about and not easy to re- relive, but yet another disappointing loss for the Browns. Um, it just seemed like they just did not – they just couldn't get it together. I mean, they had – they had on offense, they had big plays, but every time they had a big play, that would be the only good play that went their way for that drive. You know, they would get a huge first down, maybe 30, maybe 25 yards. Then next thing you know, they go three and out uh, after after getting another first down. But it just seems like the offense couldn't get, get it together, and our defense, well, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Todd Gurley had a field day with us. We were last in the rush in rush defense, and he picked us apart. It, it's a situation where the Browns, I, I haven't seen, I can't tell you when the last time I've seen the Browns put together a total team effort that consisted first with the game preparation with the coaches, your special teams, offense, defense. I, I just haven't seen that, and, and it, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, the, the New York Giants are a perfect example. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are a perfect example. The New York Giants running the kickoff back on them, of course, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, all aspects of your team has to be clicking and, and you have to be productive if you plan to win because it really every aspect of the game is important. There's nothing that's not important anymore. You know, if it's if you're if it's your punt team, you know, the exchange of of punting in the field position, that plays a role in it. You know, now extra points have come into the point where they play a role in it. You know, so it's even that part of the game, but the Browns have just not been able to put together a total team effort at all this season. And I I'm just wondering, you know, what do you think is is the problem? To be honest, I'm, I, I used to think it was the quarterbacking scheme, but I, I don't. I think it's the fact that they don't have the type of talent that they have to be a team that can win maybe two games in a row, three games in a row, maybe even five. They, they need better 
I'm not going to say better quality players, but they need uh, players. To but they need up. better quality players. <laughs> you, you didn't want to say, yeah. but they, okay, because let me, okay, let's stop right there because I was hoping you would go there, Chef. Chef, tell me one player that plays for the Cleveland Browns that if you had the choice of playing, taking that player at that position as opposed to any other player in the NFL, not just the, in, their, in their conference, not, you know, not, not just the division, but in the NFL, is there one player that the Cleveland Browns have that you said, if I had him on my team, he's going to start? My, I wouldn't take anybody over him. Is there one player? Well, there, of course, obviously the first person that comes to mind is Joe Thomas, the left tackle from uh, from that uh, he's, offensive he's, line. He's a perennial Pro Bowl player, but you know, okay. So if you take, okay, so maybe, and and I might, I, I might. But you know, there's going to be a couple other guys that I'm going to look at too. But Joe, Joe okay, so you got one. So let's let's go. Any more? No. It stops there. And you and, and the thing about it is, you know, and it, what's really interesting though is because you're talking about one all pro lineman. He's he's been all pro since he's been in the league, I believe. But you know, it's interesting that I remember years Donovan McNabb played with an offensive line with no all pros. You know, and then he and then all of a sudden, he, no, I take that back. He played with two all pros. I meant to say he played with two all pros for many years. It gets started up front. So if you don't have it starting, if you don't have it up front and, and you can stop the guys on defense, you know, and you can stop the guys on offense with your big boys up front on your defensive line and your offensive line, if you don't have that and you just got one, it's, it, it's not going to happen. And then your skill positions, what do you have at, at your skill positions that you're going to look across the board and say, even if it's somebody who's close, that's close to being one of the best in the league. You know, I, I know there was times when the Browns had multiple All-Pros. It's just not happening. So do we have to now start looking up? Is the problem upstairs? Because obviously the product we're putting on the field, you know, is, is not bringing results in terms of being able to go and compete. You know, and Roger was talking a little bit about gambling this morning. We'll get into that a little bit later. But who's betting on the Browns? I'm not betting on the Browns. I don't care if it's yeah. if it's a heads up bet, straight up bet. I'm not betting on the Browns because I don't think they have a you chance to win. I think the real problem is they don't make any moves over the offseason. Never make any moves over the offseason. They did make two moves with Dante Whitner and Carlos Dansby, but that was to replace the all pro that they lost in TJ Ward and DeQuell Jackson. They don't make any big moves that can put them over that hump that's going to just, where they're going to stick and people are just going to say, they're just bound to lose all the time. Okay, so first of all, you, you, you don't lose if you got all pro players and you don't have any all pro players now, okay, except one, you don't lose all, that, that could be part of it. So upstairs is part of the problem. If you got some good players, hold on and try to get some more. And if you're going to try to build through the draft and you're getting some, you know, you're picking pretty high in the draft, there's something wrong with those folks upstairs in terms of their ability to assess talent, acquire it, maintain it, grow it, and and become productive on the football field. It's got to be the guys upstairs that there's some personnel issues that we're not getting the guys on the football field. I mean, I'm sure you could you could look down the road to Cincinnati. They got some players down there you'd love to have on the Browns. You certainly oh, could look. Definitely. You certainly could look over. You know, across the across the water there, and go. You know, up the road there. You know, to the east, and, and look at Pittsburgh. They certainly got some people you love to have on the team. You know, so so. When are we going to start holding those people upstairs accountable for the product that they're putting on the field? Because 
maybe the guys may be doing the best they possibly can. It's just the skill set is that limited. When are we going to stop and look and say, our, our players aren't that good? Or is it that time where we stop and say, we don't have any good players? I think that time was back in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think ever since then they've just been thinking, well, maybe this person will turn out to be good, and they never have. I mean, they've wasted draft picks on players that don't even last a full season some half the time, and then or they trade their draft picks to a other to another team, and they get great players. As in, uh, for an example, Sammy Watkins and Julio Jones come to mind immediately. They had a chance to get those two, but they traded those picks to the Buffalo Bills and the uh, Falcons for tons of picks in which they got no one in return. And and okay, now okay, is there some inept? I mean, come on, really? I think it's I, I think it's just. I think it's just the wrong GMs for that team. I think they need to get more aggressive GMs who who are willing to sign players that that most uh, GMs would say, okay, let's not risk all this money on this player. Well, we just had we had a couple. I know Mike Mike was just there uh, 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 was just on the uh, was a GM and, and dealing with personnel and and he's out of there. Lombardi Mike's out of there, but. I tell you what, we're going to talk a little bit more, uh, maybe on the uh, after this break, Chef Julian. But I'm I'm a little frustrated with the Browns. You know, it's just not worth the price of ticket anymore. You know, that's what you want to do. You at least want to get your money's worth. And I'm not sure the fans are getting their money's worth. So we'll talk about it a little bit on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City's on with me, and I believe D'Angelo will be with us in the next segment. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Alright, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me and should matter to the world. Because after all, it is the World Series. Kansas City Royals and the New York Mets. Who you got? Who you got? Make a decision. I hope you're paying attention. Because after all, it is America's, it's America's pastime. And it might be past its time, but still... Uh, we still love baseball. It's probably one of the sports that we all started off with when we were a kid. You know, we, we got a ball, we got a bat, we got a glove, you know, and then we, you know, that probably was that before we got a football. Maybe got the football first, you know. But, we, you know, at some point in time, baseball was a part of your life. And uh, it's one of those games, uh, you know, again, I, I just think that baseball, it's just sometimes it's, it could be boring. I played right field when I played baseball. I, you know, there were times, I'm talking mighty might and then, Pony League, as we called it, there was a couple times a game where I wouldn't even get a ball hit to me. You know, it's like, really? I could have been picking my nose out there in the outfield. Probably did a couple times. But anyway, that's what's happening. That's what matters to me. It matters to the United States of America and should to the world because it's the World Series. Kansas City Royals, New York Mets. Chef Julian uh, is not quite the world, but I think every now and then when the Raiders, I'm sorry, when the Ravens, oh, oh, shout out for the Raiders. Yeah, they did their thing too. But the Ravens did not do their thing. The Ravens played against the Arizona Cardinals and, and last night. And I'm going to tell you, I've all, since I've been here, I, I talk about this all the time. I've always liked the effort of the Arizona Cardinals defense. They, they, they just remind me, you know, you, you expect, you know, back in the day when I played for the Philadelphia Eagles and even now, the Philadelphia Eagles defense, it was always one of those things where they might, they might lose the game, but they win the fight. Because, you know, we, we played hard. We ran to the ball, you know, we, we tackled hard. We were extremely aggressive. It's always going to be a physical game. You know, the Arizona Cardinals, the majority of times when they play, if the defense is hot, the team is going to win. When the defense is missing tackles and not running to the ball, and Bruce Arians, man, I mean, I think everybody just loves this man. I know he's a cancer survivor. God bless him. You know, hope he continues to live a long, prosperous life. But they were just going over the lanes of quarterbacks that this man, I mean, he's, everybody who's a successful quarterback seems to, you know, come across his plate at some point in time or, you know, in his, under his tutelage. Um, but uh, Bruce Arians' team, he, they, they look good. They beat, you know, the Ravens. The Ravens had to travel. People always talk about when a team, whatever team travels across the country, they, team to lo- they tend to lose a little bit, but I'm, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. But um, did you think that the Ravens would win that ball game, or did you have it marked off that, no, this indeed was a win for the Arizona Cardinals and because of this is why you thought the Arizona Cardinals would win the football game or if it was just the opposite. I'm not sure, Chef Julian. Go ahead and take it. Well, you know, I thought the Arizona Cardinals were going to win this game because they were facing a team that lost to the Browns. And if you lose to the Browns, you're obviously struggling more than them. <laughs> so I wasn't worried about that. I wasn't worried about them, uh, uh, you know, upsetting the 
Arizona Cardinals. It just surprised me about their defense, their ball-hawking defense, and it just came into play. You, We were just talking about at the draft how GMs can make big moves in the draft. Whoever was the GM at that time made big moves at Arizona, drafting Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew made sure that Steve Smith was not going anywhere that that, that game. I mean, I, I, I want to let me let me let me say this about Tyron Matthews because we're going to get into the Dallas Cowboys a little bit later, you know. But but they took a they took a chance on Tyron Matthews. You know, here's a young man, and sometimes you take a chance on young men, and it doesn't work out. So I, I want to give him credit for his commitment to this team. That if you trust in me, I will give you your money's worth. Because I think he might have been a second or a third round draft pick. He, he should, you know, maybe even lower. I, I forget. But he, he was, would have been projected to have been a first. But, you know, of course, he got into the trouble with LSU. But, you know, that young man has earned every single penny. And, and he did a good job, you know. But, but to say he shut down Steve Smith, I mean, you got to say this. I mean, obviously, Steve Smith is like the oldest wide receiver in the NFL. So, I mean, but Steve is still very damn good. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you know, Steve would probably say to him, yeah, man, you caught me. I'm a senior citizen in the league now. You might have had a good game against me last night. But I'm not going to say Steve had a bad game. Steve caught some passes, made some plays, didn't have a real big play. Uh, But I just wanted that point about Tyron Matthews and drafting and Patrick Peterson drafting. Uh, you know, they let, they let Camardi get out of here. We had Camardi, and, and Camardi, of course, you know, picking off the pass, going, you know, taking in for the Giants. I, you know, I thought we should have kept him. I loved when they t- those two were together. But anyway, uh, I'll let you finish because I thought even though they lost to the Cleveland Browns, I thought that would fire them up in such that they would come back and they'd be ready to play. It wasn't a bad game. I mean, it went right down to the wire, and they were in the football game. So they just didn't make the plays they needed to make. But go ahead and finish. You're right. But, yeah, um, and another thing that just came up out of the blue is Chris Johnson. He he out, he signed in that game. He uh, showed that he can get back to that Chris Johnson that you saw break off for 2,000 yards that one season with the uh, Tennessee Titans. And, you know, I think this is what they needed. They needed a running game since they got rid of uh, a few running backs over the, over the past years. I mean, they haven't been able to find a – permanent running game, but I think they found it in uh, Chris Johnson and uh, also Ellington, I think. He's yeah. The, that's yeah. the other one. Yeah, yes, Ellington. Ellington. Yes. They've, they've shown that they can they can run uh, the ball with this team, and not only that, they got Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald. What more do you need? You know, Larry Fitzgerald and, and of course, Steve Smith, I mean, both of them senior citizens in the, when it comes to the league. After all, the average player uh, plays in the league about three and a half years, and, and both of those guys got, you know, three and four times the amount of years into the league. Uh, so, and, and Larry Fitzgerald is having his most productive season ever uh, in the National Football League at this point in time. And, and when you look at what he's done at this point in the season, he's exceeded anything he's ever done, you know, before. And, and you made an excellent point uh, about the running game. That's one thing that they have not had here in Arizona. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, I still felt that the running game probably was not their strength. You know, it was more of their passing game, you know, that was that was the strength of that team. As long as Larry Fitzgerald has been here, it's always been the, the strength of that offense. But now... I, I like the way that Larry Fitzgerald is is being used. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is probably you know one of the greatest teammates, and I don't I don't know Larry personally, but you know you could just tell by the way his role has changed and the way he's he's adapted 
uh, he's probably you know one of the better teammates around. And he's a great example. He's a great leader. He leads by example on the football field. He blocks. You know, he catches every ball that he's thrown to. He puts forth every effort, you know, doesn't take plays off. I like Larry Fitzgerald, but this running game that they have, there's no doubt about it. I think you're on to something there. I think that can make the difference for this team is this new aspect of running. And I I, I really think that's going to be the key because all the other elements I think they may have had, they certainly, you know, sh- you know, they would show you a spark of it every now and then. Special teams, they, you know, don't go to sleep on them. Patrick Peterson will take it all the way to the house on you, you know, and they got a decent field goal kicker. I think, you know, and a good coaching staff. So, you know, and they're at the top of the division. And, and, and it looks like I don't know if Seattle's really going to be able to come back and, and, and really take it from them. Uh, so th- this is... This is could be an interesting year for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they they pretty much could certainly represent you know their 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 division, and they could represent their conference. I mean, is there a thing where you think perhaps maybe the Cardinals could come out of the West? Do you, you th- I mean, you think they could come out of the NFC and and, and represent uh, the NFC? I, I think that the Arizona Cardinals could definitely come out uh, in the NFC. They have a real legitimate chance. I mean, to be honest, I think. The team that comes out of the NFC will not win the title. I feel like whoever comes out of the AFC, uh, I don't want to name any names, but the Patriots might just come out and just beat whoever comes out of the uh, NFC. Well, you know what? Uh, that, that, that's a conversation, you know, I guess that was for another day for the AFC because, you know, everything right now is is clicking for the AFC, New England Patriots. You know, Tom Brady and these guys, they, you know, they, the whole approach to the season, they, they started the season off with a chip on their shoulders, and, and they've remained to have that chip on their shoulders. But, you know, 16 games is a long season. And at some point in time, you know, again, the perfection thing isn't what you're shooting for. You want to win the Super Bowl. So at, at some point in time, you know, there is, there's a target on their back now. You know, we, go, we get to a period of time where you got undefeated teams, and then you start, you know, the undefeated conversation starts coming into play about the entire season. And, of course, you know these guys are going to say already the, the company line is, you know, one game at a time. Whoever lines up in front of us, that's the most important game that week. That's all we pay attention to. We don't even know who's on the schedule the week before. We're just playing this team. We just want to beat this team and get one more point on the board than what they have when the clock the gun goes off, fat lady singing, bam, we're good to go. But I, I can tell you this. Uh, you know, that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, he, of course, wants to have something to say about what's going on, you know, on the, on the West side. But uh, I'm sorry, you know, in the uh, NFC West, of course, I mean, in the, uh, uh, the the conference for the National Football League as opposed to American Football League. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, is somebody that certainly Aaron's not afraid of Tom Brady, you know, but Carson Palmer. I mean, I think we talked about him a little bit last week or a couple weeks ago. Are you excited about what Carlson's able to do as a quarterback, Julius? He's, as you know, Chef, he's, uh, he seems to be in sync with his wide receivers. And a couple years ago, before he had an injury, he was doing very well. Then he got a little banged up. I think he still has an a- ACL now. But uh, Carson Palmer, he, he, he could be the next quarterback. Nobody's really talking about him in that conversation with the best quarterbacks out there. You think he deserves a part of that conversation now? We only got a minute before we take a break, but what do you think quickly about Carson? You know, people always talk about people 
other players being like fine line, they only get better with age. And Carson Palmer is a great example. You know, he's he's not he's not just showing that he was elite as a as in his prime, but he's kind of even might even be out of his prime, and he's still playing like he's like he's what twenty five maybe. Yeah, he threw a couple. I mean, he threw a couple passes last night that you know, you you couldn't have taken the ball out of his hand and just dropped into the other guy's hand. You know, any better than the way he put that ball in a position to make uh, a great catch by a couple of his wide receivers. So, no, he he has some talent. But again, Carson didn't come into the league quietly. You know, he came in you know highly touted and and high expectations. So we might really have to say, has he lived up to his expectations? Then really, you know, tooting his horn because it's what was expected out of him. Hell, he came in, but I think Carson's the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, first round draft pick, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so maybe we'll see if he lives up to what we expected from him. But uh, certainly, uh, we're going to talk about that. We got to take another break. Uh, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matter. Chef Julian, uh, the Hall of Fame City is on with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, Chef is going to call us back, uh, but... Uh, we have some good things we were talking about there. I always enjoy talking to Chef, so uh, he's going to call back, and we're going to finish up the conversation. Uh, but there's a couple things that I did want to talk about. Of course, you know we got a game coming up uh, Thursday night. we got the Miami Dolphins playing the New England Patriots, of which I don't think, well, I'm not going to say that the, the Miami Dolphins don't have a chance. And the only reason why I, say, I, I don't want to say that is because, you know, whenever uh, – uh, Sue is on the line. I mean, whenever Sue is on the field, 
You always got to be, if you're the quarterback, you always got to be concerned. Tom's getting a little older, so Tom might give, I think he gives his offensive line a little extra money to protect him when he's playing against guys like that. But um, I got D'Angelo on the line with me now. D'Angelo, how you doing there, man? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, actually, we might might see the Patriots lose their first game this, uh, of the season this Thursday, maybe. Oh, man, but you know what, that's, we're hoping for a miracle, you know, but one thing about it, if if, if you're Tom Brady, and I, and I really mean this, as a defensive lineman, I, I know whenever there's a quarterback, listen, if you're a running back, back in the day and Ray Lewis was playing, you know, you, 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 you know Ray Lewis on the other side of the ball, you know, it's not like you were yeah. running back and you worried about a corner, you, you don't worry about that, when you're a quarterback and you got one of the best defensive linemen, the nastiest defensive lineman probably in the league, you know, lined up in front of you, you're concerned about what the blocking scheme is that week, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so you don't want to have him to have his best day. You know, you don't want the team to have their best day when when you line up. So, do you you really think, Danzo, uh, that there's a chance that the Dolphins could wake well, up and 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 actually win? I think there's a chance. It's gonna be tough because they're on the road. But hey, the Dolphins have won two of the last three games against the Patriots, and that's when Joe Philbin was their coach. And this is obviously a much more inspired football team with Dan Campbell. And I mean, what's been the secret for the Dolphins so far is they're running the football. I mean, you got Ryan Tannehill playing a little bit better, but Point blank, Lamar Miller is, I mean, shutting it down. He's running the football strong, and and I think that'll be the key. Like when I when I looked at the games in which they won uh, the previous uh, those previous two games, they lost the most recent one on the road against the Patriots. But the other two, they uh, no Sean Marino had 132 rushing yards in the game before that. They uh, had a good turnover free football game, and that's what really, that's what the key will be. They're going to have to play mistake free football. They're going to have to win the football hard. I mean, because the Patriots' defense isn't it, has, it isn't phenomenal, you know? Uh, but you know the Patriots are going to put points on the board. Um, so the key for the Dolphins is to play just as disciplined as uh, Dan Campbell has had them. And, you know, having a motivated football team like how they look, granted it was against two, not, two teams that aren't the Patriots, but you got to at least, there should be an opportunity, especially when you have division games. You know that team so well. You look at when the Saints beat the Falcons uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Saints were out of it. But when you play a division foe, you just have that familiarity, and you know, you're not as intimidated by them. Uh, so I think it'll be a good matchup. It'll be, it, it's it's going to be tough, but I find it hard to believe that the Patriots are going 16-0 and this year. So they got to lose to somebody, right? Hopefully, a miracle might happen and they could win a game. But I'm thinking that Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels, I mean, they are clicking on all cylinders. And it, it, it was just like they were picking defenses apart uh, when I saw the game the other day. Uh, wh- what do you think about the chemistry between the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, Tom Brady, and how they're able to execute those game plans? I mean, uh, it's, it's believable. You're still there, Chef? Quarterback, uh, yes, you know. Yeah, we're good. Go ahead, Chef Julian. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my phone was breaking up. Uh, what was, no, what, the, what was the question again? No, the phone. Uh, your phone's fine with me. At least we can hear you just well. But no, I was saying that. Uh, of course, uh, Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady uh, appear to be uh, very much in sync. Game plans that Tom has been able to take out and execute on the field have been magnificent. I mean, really, they probably are as a tandem quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator. Uh, the way they've been playing this year, the way those game plans have showed up and Tom's have been executing, 
I really haven't seen anything like this in a long time. I think Tom's playing at the top of his game. I'm just curious where you think he might do this uh, this week, uh, Sunday or uh, Thursday night against the um, against the Dolphins. Oh, I think he's going to shine. I think uh, that Josh McDaniels has a perfect plan. I mean, he was a head coach at, at one time, but I think that Josh McDaniels uh, is perfect as an offensive coordinator. Some people can't just be a head coach, but he is turning this offense into an offense that people are say to statistically are is almost as good as the Patriots in 07, and they broke records. And Patriots, you know, it's interesting, you know, everybody, well, not everybody, but people talk about the the talent that Tom Brady has. We just, uh, D'Angelo, Chef Julian and I just got finished with a conversation on the the lack of talent that the Cleveland Browns has. Uh, Yet still, when we look up at the New England Patriots, with the exception of Gronk, I mean, is there any wide receiver that, you know, that they have or any receivers up there in New England that we have and we say, hey, they're the best in the league? Tom is able no. to get that done, you know, with the exception of Gronk. He probably would be probably the tight end that anybody would pick. But other than that, again, I mean, is it Tom's just ability to throw the ball? or what? I mean, what is the answer in your mind to that? Because the talent isn't the, the best talent in the National Football League. What, what is the answer to how well I mean, he's doing? It's just that simple. I mean, he's one of the best. Ball is probably the best talent he's ever had, and you see what they're doing, but he's always made something out of nothing, and it is. It's quite impressive. He's got making all those guys look really good, and it just has to come down to the fact that he's he's a great quarterback. And lacking talent at the receivers when when he's when he's when he's as good as he is. Yeah, and and it's. Interesting, we said it because I think we have to go back to Randy Moss, and Randy Moss probably would be the only person that Tom has played with that certainly is going to be a Hall of Famer. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was a perennial all, all pro, but uh, I just, you know, I'm looking back over the great quarterbacks, and they've all had, you know, some great wide receivers. But Tom, mm-hmm. I don't think, other than Randy, and Randy was there for what, a year or two, maybe? Uh, so, you know, those numbers, it's not like, you know, Dan Marino, you know, he had the, the, the Marks boy, Mark Clayton and Mark Duper, he was throwing to all the time, you know, going way back, you know, uh, Terry Bradshaw had all kind of wide receivers. Of course, Joe Montana had great wide receivers, you know, um, you know, they all have great wide receivers and Tom has been able to do that. And then again, Tom hasn't had an all pro running back. You know, so right. and and so then you look on the other side, and you mentioned the defense. Uh, you did mention their defense, but let me ask you, what do you what do you think? Uh, you got Sue coming up this you know this Thursday for Tom to look him in the eyes. Is there a chance that uh, Nick Domigan is able to have uh, you know one of his best games of the year? You think he's you think he's got time on his calendar and he's ready to, to face Tom? <laughs> Well, I right. Sue, Sue, yes, but Sue's going to be double team. You got to look at the edge guys, Quinn and Cameron Wake, and Cameron Wake has been playing unbelievable. I think those are the guys. If they are going to generate some pressure on that man, those guys are the guys that have to step up because Sue all season long has been double teamed, and you know that that opens up single matchups for those guys. And you got to believe that those guys are talented enough to to bring some pressure. And I think that's the thing that could give the Dolphins the opportunity because. Um, you got. I mean, that should be the best D line in the NFL um, on paper, and they're starting to play like it. And I think that should that should be a concern. It should be an issue. But I mean, like you said, Josh Daniels and the Brady, they always find a way, man. And they play different every week. That's what's so impressive. They play a different style. You can't really 
prepare for them. Yeah, and, and that's what I like about it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's almost as if you have to understand that the the, the level of commitment that the players have to put into the to the scheme because it's not like it's the same scheme each week. You are you are exactly right. It's not like it's the same scheme that you know that you know who's going to get the ball all the time. It's situation, offense, defense. No, they're not. If you look at consistency, it's not there that you can necessarily game plan. So I, I do like that about uh, you know Bill Belichick and yeah. and Tom. I mean, you can take out like Deion Lewis has been a great guy. They you can take him out. They got Legarrette Blount Blount to come in. If Gronk is not doing well, you got uh, Abdul. You got Edelman. Um, they just got Brant LaFell back. It's just so much that this football team can do, and that's why no one has been able to figure them out to this point. Yeah, and one thing about Miami, I, I would say this. I, I, I've always felt that, you know, when you have talent, you have to find a way to put that talent in a position to, to, to execute and, and to be productive. And I, I wouldn't put Sue in the same place. Sue is supposed to be all over the place. you got to move the guy yeah. like him all over the place. You, you can't line him up every play and everybody knows where he's at all the time. Like you said, you can game plan, defense him. I mean, you can double-team him. You can chip him. You can do so many things to mm-hmm. a guy. You know? So I just think they need to do a little bit more with him and get a little bit more creative with him. So, hey, we're going to uh, – I want to talk because I know – I don't know how much time I'm going to have you on the line with us, uh, D'Angelo. But Chef Julie and I were going to get into a little bit about this Dallas Cowboy thing. And – uh, I'm just not so sure. I know that, you know, personnel departments, uh, particularly now, they, they do a, a very extensive job on background checks and thoroughly looking into players and finding out and understanding what the issues are, and then they make a decision. And we talked about oh. it here in Arizona. They just did one uh, with Honey Badger, and he has given them a return on their investment. This Greg Hardy thing, I'm, I think I'm on the other side of the fence when it comes to this because I think there comes a time and point where you can cross a line. You can go back and forth with the coach, but you don't knock anything out of his hands. You don't aggress him. You don't, I mean, you don't, you don't get up in his face. You don't put your hands on him. I feel personally, this is me, you may not be able to say this, but certainly I think he crossed the line and the league should have stepped in. Roger was on this morning on the Big Boy Show talking about a lot of things going on. I think he kind of deferred to Jerry Jones and the Cowboys to deal with that issue. But yeah. I think that I think he should have stepped in and, and said, "No, he's he's got to sit down for a game or two. What do you think about that, D'Angelo? Well, you know, I have a, I have an interesting story actually. Yeah, you know, I work here at the NFL, and I got uh, I got to hear uh, the play one of the players' perspective. I don't know if you remember Michael Robinson he used to play for the Seattle Seahawks uh, fullback. Uh, yes, he yeah. uh, they were kind of him and uh, Nate Burleson, both of them were talking about it. And, you know, they kind of agree with you. I mean, but you're a player, former player as well. That it seemed like Hardy kind of crossed the line in regards to being fired up and just, you know, not acting the coach. And it's a little tough to story about, like, just like, you know, when it comes to special teams and those guys who compete and how difficult it is. And it's hard for someone who, one, hasn't been, hasn't been practicing with the team until recently. Um, if I had off the field issues. Uh, who doesn't play on special teams, it's hard to really respect that what that person is saying um, because um, obviously Cole Beasley is going to be, I mean, he's going to be the guy who is, he's going to be hard on himself, you know what I mean, because he made the mistake. Um, and then for Greg Hardy, I mean, one to see Des Bryant kind of jump in like how he did, and you know who, who he is. And him to understand that there's a line that Greg Hardy crossed it kind of stands out. Um, and it is odd that, you know, Jerry Jones is kind of stepping in, but, you know, it's yeah. hey, uh, speak to that, but. 
Hey, D'Angelo, you're breaking up a little bit there. What we're going to do, we're going to take a break. And if there's a chance okay. that you can call us back on the landline, that'd be good. But if not, uh, just h- hang on and come back with us. We're going to take a break here, and then we're going to come back and listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me, and it should matter to everybody out there, is we have the World Series taking place. And after all, it's the World Series. So this is, we're on a global platform, so everybody in the world should care about that. And uh, by the way, just so you know, I'm going with the Mets. Uh, I, I got to go here quickly into this because D'Angelo is going to have to uh, uh, get back to uh, some things that he has to take care of there. Uh, D'Angelo, I, I like what I heard you say because you talked to some other players because I had a situation years ago, you know, when I left the Philadelphia Eagles, came to the Cleveland Browns, and uh, it was a situation where it was an established team and, you know, I came in, you know, and, and I was trying to establish myself. You know, the National Football League is a thing where you don't you don't take things. You earn things and you earn the respect of your teammates. And and, and you normally do that by by your play and your production on the team. I like the perspective those guys say, listen, Greg Hardy might be a bad boy. He was might have been a bad boy when he was playing someplace else. You only been with us for a couple weeks. So you haven't necessarily earned our respect yet because t- sometimes guys lose talent. It diminishes you away from the game. You may not have that talent. So I agree that 
he perhaps maybe had not yet got a chance to earn the respect that he thinks he had amongst his peers, but amongst the coaching staff, again, you earn that respect that you're looking for and what you do on the field, but you never earn the right to put your hands on a coach. And even the way you converse back and communicate with a coach, you know, publicly is, is something that that wasn't a great display of, of leadership. But I, I, I want to talk about now from the brand itself and from your perspective, do you think that's the that's the brand or the product that the NFL wants to promote as it relates to the kind of people they have on their team and how remember, this is a job, how they conduct themselves on the job with their I guess they're bosses. The coaches are the bosses. That wasn't right. the right message. Do you agree with that, or you disagree with that? I I think I, I would agree that the NFL does not want to promote that type of message or image, and it's a fine line on how to figuring out how to deal with that. I would I would definitely say that that it doesn't equate to where where we want to represent the the brand, and it does. Hey, D'Angelo, we we are still getting some. Interruption there. I think it's okay. your, your mobile device may be breaking up a little bit there. But I tell you what, I know you've got to head out anyway. So what we're going to do, we're going to look forward to having you back whenever you can come back. You're always welcome to come here. Uh, Ray Ellis supports on the Voice America Network. But but thank you for your contribution. And again, man, uh, you guys continue to do a great job out there, and we'll be in touch soon. All right, thank you. Okay, great. Hey, uh, Chef Julian. So let let me hear your perspective. Greg Hardy, new to the team. You know, he's doing okay, you know, but, uh, you know, you're putting your hands on the coaches, the special teams that, you know, they're not calling you out when you make a play. Was that a little premature in terms of what he feels his leadership to the team and even the way of which he displayed what he thought was leadership? Was he wrong in doing that? And then even going into your press conferences after the game, not being man enough to step up and say, you know, perhaps maybe I lost. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I saw he could have done differently as opposed to what he did, even after he had time to think about it and cool off a little bit. But what's your perspective about it? Um, I think that it was just wrong. Uh, you already have this huge target on your back from fans, from other players, from the entire world because of what you've done. And you go out there and you, and you treat not only your, your teammates, but your coaching staff the way you did. Cause I, I, and I say teammates because after that altercation with his coach, Des Bryant asked him what's going on, and he totally disrespected Des Bryant. Now, if you're going to disrespect anybody, you should definitely not disrespect one of the best players on the team. And he just has no respect for anyone. It's obvious. And I think really that he shouldn't even have been put placed on the team a guy who no, not not even came out with a statement apologizing for what he's done. I think that, if anything, Ray Rice deserves a second chance uh, before this guy. I mean, he's apologized. He's came out and said that he was uh, wrong for doing what he do- he's done. And everything, and he is still being objectified as if he did it's, it's as if he didn't even apologize. Yeah, I think, I, I, and this is something that, again, a couple guys said on the Big Boy Show, is I think the difference in Greg Hardy 
and Ray Rice is the production on the field at the time of the altercation. Had Greg Hardy been in a position where he was on the downside of his career, you know, after all, Jerry Jones already talked about perhaps maybe, and he is the general manager, talking about perhaps maybe extending or re-signing this guy already. And and this is a man that, again, I'd like, I, I don't know if any of you guys ever seen this before. Mike Tyson has a piece on HBO, a stand-up, and he does an excellent job at it. But Mike Tyson talks about how he was trained and, and I want people to understand, you know, football players are trained to do the job that they do. It's like, you know, when you prepare for anything, repetition and repetition and repetition, you know, teaches you how to be ready when it's time to go out and do a job. And and, and you're trained, you, you are trained so much that you don't put your hand over a white line. You're trained that you don't move before somebody makes a call. You're trained that you're so aggressive, but you're supposed to be aggressive until you reach a certain point and you stop. When you don't know how to do that or you can't control that and you don't know that the aggression stops at this point, then it's time for us to reconsider if you should be a part of this program. And I think he may have some issues Whereas, again, every, we're all very aggressive, but you know when and you, and, you, and you have to, as you said, live up to it and acknowledge when you went too far. And so until I get an apology from this man about the fact that he went too far, we all want to win football games. We know that. But th- there's, a, there's a line that you cross and it, and it makes us think about you and what you've done in your past. You did that. You might have whatever the consequences that might have happened, but you still there. You, you haven't gotten yourself back together. You can't control your emotions. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I think Roger perhaps maybe made a mistake in this one. I, I think he, if he has a Trump card, he should have trumped Jerry Jones and he should have just went ahead and said, OK, I am going to protect this shield, this brand. We don't want our young men out there who want to be football players in the future thinking that they can come in and do these types of things. And so therefore, but it may have something to do with the collective bargaining agreement. But I know there's a conduct rule. Something that's detrimental to the brand of the National Football League, I believe it trumps everything. So, Roger may have missed this one, but uh, but anyway, Chef Julian, I really appreciate you calling in, man. We had a great show, and D'Angelo, of course, who called in out there from uh, D'Angelo is actually uh, working at the uh, National Football League. Uh, gave us a call. We appreciate that insight and perspective that he gave us. But it's about that time, so I'll tell you what: there should be a good game, Miami Dolphins. Uh, hey. Uh, miracles do happen. <laughs> That's what it's going to take because I don't think they're going to uh, to be able to win. And perhaps maybe there's a miracle waiting for the Cleveland Browns too, and they might get something done. Of course, those Ohio State Buckeyes. We want to congratulate them. The Philadelphia Eagles. Where is the team at? That's not the Philadelphia Eagles. Cam just destroyed those boys. But as always, it's been a great show. I appreciate you listening. You can catch us next week. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.